BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into today's episode, I have some great news. So we are doing a Los Angeles live show August 6th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, July 14th. So Follow me on Instagram. All the ticket info and the links and everything are going to be on Instagram. There's not many tickets. It's, I think, the smallest show that I've done. So you definitely want to get your tickets ASAP. It's like three weeks away, I think, at this point. I'm so excited. The special guest is obviously Dom. And it's going to be so much fun. We have some surprises. It's Eras Tour weekend. So it's just going to be so much fun. It's going to be more of like an intimate, like, cocktail moment, like podcast recording, hangout. Like, there's just a lot happening. So anyways, follow me on Instagram to stay tuned for the tickets. I'm really excited. They're going to sell tomorrow. Hope to see all of you guys there. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy, I tell them that's exactly it I've got reasons for my absence People tell me that I'll burn out Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is long, so we're just going to get straight into it. I have Jenna Page on the podcast. She is just so cool. She's the founder of Finish, which if you guys see me spray that like Finish, um, the tone down spray on my face after every workout in the vlogs, that is her brand. I also love their lip balm. I love everything actually from, they have great stuff. Like I love everything from them. They gave us a code I think it's ILYSM. You have to get the toned down spray, especially if you do hot workouts and your face gets red. It's the best thing ever. She was also on the radio for, I think, almost like 15 years in Dallas. So if you guys live here or I don't even know where y'all you can listen to it, you will definitely recognize her voice. But she is just so cool. This is a very, very helpful, like navigating your 20s episode. She is coming at it from the approach of like, it's not too late. Like do things when timing works out for you. Like if you guys are stressed, listen to this episode. Anyways, without further ado, I will welcome Jenna Page on to the show. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so glad. I mean, we caught up a long time ago, it feels yes, like. And now our life has changed a little bit. Yeah, actually, you have a baby. Well, you had the baby before, but it was very new. Yeah, I had the baby. Yeah, very I had new. the baby. Yeah. So I'm a I like to call myself I'm an old mom. An old mom. I am an old mom. Yeah. But how, I'm a, I'm a big fan it? of this show, so I'm excited to be on. Thanks. Yeah. I'm thriving. I actually hate when people say it. I'm thriving. No, I am. I'm thriving now being a mom. But I feel like with everything in life, when people say, I wish I had known, I wish I had known, I wish I had known, for instance, like I was miserable in my 20s, how much better 30s would be, you know, and now I'm almost 40 and waited a long time to have a baby. And I wish I had known a how hard it was going to be, <laughs> but also how how incredibly wonderful it was going to be. But no, it wasn't an overnight thing for me. You know, when people have babies and they're like, I was in love from the moment I met the baby in the, you know, operating room or whatever. I didn't feel quite that way. It was a kind of identity struggle for a little bit for me, but he's a, almost a year and a half old and I'm really, really enjoying this phase now. Okay. I want to talk to you about 20s. Yes. Okay. 20s. okay. Let's say, yeah. How old are you? 25. Oh man. Yeah. What was, how is 25? Honestly, I <laughs> like it. Like uh, so many people told me 25 was their favorite year of their 20s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But I feel like my 20s, I haven't gone completely the like traditional route. So, so I went to like a weird school. I started working young. I didn't have to like go get a new job post-grad. Like I, there's so many things that I didn't do or that I, that were just like different. 
You seem to me from afar, and I know we don't know each other that well, but you seem like you kind of found your identity a little sooner than I think a lot of us tend to in our 20s because I was a mess. (laughs) Like, I mean, not a mess in the sense that, well, yeah, sure, I was a mess. I mean, more, you know, I think also generationally, y'all take much better, I'm 39 for reference, y'all take better care of yourself now, you know, because back then it was like, we would just drink like every night because that was what people did. You know, now there's this whole in such a great way, you know, just kind of trend really that of wellness and, you know, just like self-preservation and doing meeting your own needs and doing this. But like at my own needs, I never even thought about that, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember my dad like referenced me one time when I when I was graduating college and I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. And he called me rudderless. And it really like stuck with me because I'm like rudderless. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what I don't want to do, you know, so it was kind of a lot of job hopping there in the beginning. So my 20s for me were was I mean, it was a struggle for sure with just like location, everything, geography. I lived so many different places, dated different people, thought guys were just terrible at that age, you know, and then probably like we all do put too much emphasis on relationships and everything was kind of the end of the world, you know, and I think the beauty of like 30s for sure, at least for me, was you just don't waste as much time on things that don't serve you anymore and you feel a lot more comfortable in your own skin. But yeah, I think that's hard because you're just like expected to graduate college and know what you want to do with your life and I just don't agree with that. I think it's a process of like self-exploration and a lot of failing. (laughs) I agree. I will say I turned 25 and you know how they say that your brain is fully developed at 25? Is it? It was supposedly. (laughs) It was weirdly like this overnight thing of the things. I think specifically in like dating or past relationships, I just woke up and I was like, I cannot believe I ever cared about that or like just Mm. really small dumb things. And I know it's only going to get better and better better as I age, but I will say that's been the main thing about 25 that things just don't get to me as much and also at 23 even though I didn't have like the most like traditional like life span like whatever you know route I don't know why trajectory yeah trajectory I still had like a really weird like quarter life crisis at 23 with like post-grad everything even though I didn't even go to a weird normal school and I hated the college like I I had this weird like quarter life crisis that I've talked about so many times in the podcast so we're not going into it so I it wasn't like I had everything figured out and also I go out all the time and I went out all I was out drinking literally 24 seven for probably three years straight. But that explains it. I mean, and you do it because that's what everyone else does. And you don't want to be home alone. And and it does make sense. I was never as big of a drinker. And I think that's why I struggled and had anxiety because you just do it because that's all there is to do. And that's all people are doing. And for me, it was it was super difficult. I don't think I hit the kind of this aha that you're speaking of until it was probably more like 28, 30 for me. But it was it was just really it was difficult. And how can you be expected to know what you want to do? I mean, I think the biggest chapter, one of the biggest chapters in anyone's life is that period of time where you kind of leave home and or, you know, go to college and then college ends. And that's such a big chapter of our lives and friendships change so much, especially as a woman, as you get older, you know, you have less and less friends and people grow at different rates. And it's just a lot to manage for sure. I just think, I mean, the 20s for me, I tell every girl that I meet that's younger, you know, I have a bunch of younger girls that work for me at Fittish and some of them will be struggling really hard, you know, with breakups and things. And I try to talk to them and I go, I get it. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's the end of the world. And I I like to say, like, there's so much hope because from the time you're in your late 20s, 30s, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm a world of a different person. And for that reason, I'm so glad that I got a late start with a lot of these things that I've done. You know, I had a career before I started a business and shitty relationships, you know, the whole thing. And I'm just so glad so many of those things didn't work out when I so desperately wanted them to because or that I didn't have kids too young either because it's all it's it's so much better when you're a little more settled, you know, if that makes sense. Just as you get older, there's plenty of time for these things and you feel so much more comfortable in your own skin. My summer essential, my number one summer essential, honestly, it's laser hair removal. I love laser hair removal. 
it has made my life so much easier in the summer. There's nothing worse than when you get invited to something last minute and then you're like, oh, but I haven't shaved. Like you're like thinking around the clock on that. It's like another part of being a girl that is just such a pain. Like I'm tired of my hair wash schedule and my spray tan schedule and my, you know, my nails and blah, blah, blah. So annoying, right? So when you get laser, you're good to go, okay? An ideal image is North America's number one aesthetics brand. They deliver affordable and effective aesthetic treatments through the most accessible network of 800 plus licensed medical professionals who have performed over 20 million FDA cleared treatments for over 20 years. Ideal Image's full suite of aesthetic services include laser hair removal, body sculpting, Botox, fillers, skin rejuvenation, and medical grade skincare, all backed by a lifetime guarantee membership. Okay, I don't know if you know this, but laser hair removal, like each session is very comparable to what a wax costs. So when you're getting a wax, one, okay, let me tell you something. Waxing, like Brazilian waxes were the most painful thing ever. They were awful, right? And the first time I got laser, I like didn't even realize that they were done when they finished. Like I was in and out in like 12 minutes, I think. It was so fast. And when she was like, okay, like you're, you can get dressed. I was really confused because I was like, there's just no way that this is, this is, that was it. Like it was so easy. And the best part about it is that obviously the hair eventually goes away. So you don't have to keep going back. Like with the wax, you always have to go back. It's just not worth it. I'm a strong advocate for laser hair removal. Ideal Image is celebrating 20 years of real results with throwback pricing. Get your free personalized plan. Contact them today. Go to idealimage.com slash I love you. That's www.idealimage.com slash I-L-O-V-E-Y-O-U. A Dear Media original podcast. Her name is Coco. For a while, it seemed like Coco Berthman was everywhere. There was this girl from Germany who had been trafficked in a most horrible way. But in early 2022, it all fell apart and people started questioning everything Coco had ever said. Is her name even fucking Coco? We don't even know that. I'm Sarah Gannam, host of Believable, the Coco Berthman story, a new investigative series from Dear Media. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. I am a dog mom, and that means that I have dog toys all over my house, okay? This is, I've had a dog now, my own. She'll turn eight this November. That is so crazy. And I've always been such a fan of BarkBox, but like, not just like kind of a van, like, I'm not kidding. I have three baskets of dog toys around this house, and they're all BarkBox dog toys. My dogs love BarkBox. There's no other toys that I even bother getting because they're just obsessed with them. Like they have had their favorites from years and I swear to you, they're all BarkBox. So I'm so excited that they are now a sponsor of the show. So if you guys don't know, BarkBox is a monthly themed box of original toys, delicious treats, and unleashed joy. It is so cute. It makes dogs happy. And honestly, it makes me happy. The branding is unbelievable. Like they have the cutest themes and stuff. Oh my God, I'm just obsessed. Fitz has this little remote toy that he loves and he plays with in the living room. And it's just like so funny. Every box is tailored to your dog's unique needs and personality designed to make them happy. So BarkBox is made by Bark, the dog obsessed company with one goal, make dogs as happy as they make us. Playtime isn't just for the pups, it's for the pup parents too. So every bark box is designed to bring dogs and their humans together. Opening your monthly bark box becomes a special tradition for the whole family. It's also so hard to beat the value and convenience of the box. Every month you get high quality dog goodies delivered right to your door. I also forgot to mention, I love those dog treats and obviously my dogs love them, but I I don't know. I think it's like the branding, everything about it. I just like, I truly love BarkBox so much. So sign up now and BarkBox will double your first box for free. That is twice the toys, treats, and chews. To start spoiling your dog, visit BarkBox.com slash IOYSM. I cannot wait until my 30s. Like, it's going to be the decade that I thrive. Honestly, probably 40s would be even better. I'm a little, you say that, I'm a little, I never had an issue with 30. I didn't at all. You know, I've always felt pretty great. I was excited to be 30 because, again, I... I'm just going to say it. I really kind of hated my 20s and I really liked my 30s, even though I was still I was single for most of them. And 
I froze my eggs at 35 because that was like a gift to myself. I thought, you know, you're geriatric at 35 if you haven't had children by 35. That's so crazy. The most annoying thing in life is a woman's biological clock. I know. Because a guy can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. And a girl just like physically most likely cannot. I know. You know? It is true. I mean, it is science. And so uh, I don't I don't feel bad about it, you know, but it is funny because now that I have a one and a half year old, I'm definitely the oldest woman in the room when I go. And I knew that was going to start to happen when he goes to school. Granted, a lot of women are having kids older. But yeah, yeah. I froze my eggs at 35. I was still single. And then I met someone which was great, but I was not looking. And it was a nice self-preservation for me to freeze my eggs, which I highly recommend, by the way. You know, I really, of course, it's easy to say because this is the process I went through, but waiting a while, there's nothing wrong with having kids younger. But I'm just, I'm really glad that I did life in this way for a lot of reasons because I was able to give attention to career. And that for me gave me such a sense of purpose and identity and fulfillment that I had been yearning for for a long time. I think it's that, for me, fulfillment is everything, right? But like within myself, how can I be fulfilled? And I knew for me, having kids really like in my 20s, really young and being a stay at home mom, that was I knew that that wasn't the answer. And it is for a lot of people. I think that's wonderful because that's kind of your sense of identity. But for me, I knew I wanted something and that later. And I'm just really glad. I think especially I've seen in the South, by the way. I don't know. I mean, where are you from? Here. Here. Yeah. I noticed it was such a culture shock for me because I grew up in the Midwest and lived in Chicago before I moved to Texas. And I had lived in Austin for a while before I moved to Dallas. And I was just so shocked because so many of my friends that I met down here in the 20s, I mean, it was that is the route that everyone takes. Like, it's pretty encouraged. Like, get married young, start a family. It was just part of it. It's a much more Southern cultural thing, which is it's great and it works for some people, but then it doesn't work. I mean, almost every single girl that I knew when I came that was married and young is not anymore. And yeah, then, so scary. then they're worried about getting judged for it. It's like, no, but we are different people. Yeah. Men and we are different people now in our late 30s than we were in our early 20s. And it's if you don't grow together, you grow apart and it can be really difficult. I mean, it's just it's a lot of pressure to be so young and try and figure everything out weirdly I have so many more friends in LA that are married than I do here really I don't I'm 25 I don't even have a friend who's engaged I don't even have a friend who's seriously dating like a close girlfriend but I am like the exception that's why my experience is so amazing because it's very bizarre but everyone most people yeah. from my hometown and we just don't do that that really that makes me happy so we I, got I like lucky, it very lucky but also I do think it's just like changing with time you have your whole life and I wish I could be more positive here. They're all the same. I have a good one. They're 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 good. But man, they're all the same. They really are. I mean, there's good <laughs> ones out there. I don't want that to sound negative, but like it's just kind of funny because I think you it's like this joke that you think you're going to find the perfect match. And I think sometimes it's just a, it, it takes work. You know, relationships are a lot of work. Being single, even though if you can avoid the loneliness sometimes of being single, being single. Oh. It's easier. Yeah. You know, you can be very selfish with your time and do what you want. And I think that's so wonderful because even right now and then throwing a baby into the mix, it's a real challenge for this partnership and relationship because it's just not as fun and romantic anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to really make a lot of effort for each other. How did you even figure out what fulfills you? It's interesting because I, you know, I worked on the radio. I had a great career in many people's eyes. Let's go into this. Yeah. And making the change. Yeah, I... So I was a journalism major and I knew I wanted to do something that obviously it can be a very hard job to find a very hard major, you know, to then get a job right out of school or also very like underpaid. Um, but I got a job here on the radio. I would think I was 26 when I moved to Dallas. And so uh, the job was wonderful. I loved so many elements of that job for many years there. But you have to remember, I ended up doing this for almost 14 years, which I can't even wow. believe that much time passed of doing a job like that. Because I wasn't thinking about it that way. I thought this is going to be a great stepping stone, a great opportunity for me to learn how to, you know, tell stories and do what I went to school for and be on the radio. And then I kind of thought I'd move to California. I was like, I'm not going to stay in Dallas. And it's funny how mm -hmm. life kind of plays out. And there just came a certain juncture where the kind of personal sacrifices I felt I was making for the job. It wasn't, again, like we were just speaking about, kind of getting into your 30s. You don't want to waste time anymore, you know? And sure, I mean, you got to make money and you want a good job with benefits and things to, you know, take care of yourself. But at a certain point when you realize kind of a lot of personal sacrifices that you're making, I mean, my dating life was... It was almost impossible. You know, I was getting up at 3, 3.30 in the morning every day. What time do you go to bed to wake up that early? 
I mean, I guess it depends, but yeah, I mean, I try for like nine. I mean, to be like asleep by nine. Yeah. But I need sleep. I like to sleep. No, I mean, and... by the way, I do that and I wake up at like six. So, yeah. yeah. But, well, even now, I mean, I'm tired now. It's a different kind of tired, <laughs> I guess, with a baby. Like, but yeah, I, I certainly every morning I wake up, I'm really glad I'm not waking up on that schedule anymore. But there is a lot, you know, sharing your personal life and on a very large scale, which was okay. And everything was great, but things just started to change over the years, you know? And I think that's, what's hard when you're on a show like that, because everyone kind of looked at us as family and then I'm the one to leave. But for me, there just came a point where I said, you know, I spend so much time doing this job. And I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know this, it's a great job, but we didn't have, I mean, we had set vacation schedule for the entire year. So I could never just like take a day off or extend a trip for a long weekend. I felt a real lack of control with my own personal time, what I was allowed to host. And it was just very controlled in a way that I started to resent, I guess. And then certain elements of the job just weren't, you know, when I was younger, getting to interview people and go and do press junkets and things like that. It was really great. But for some reason, it just stopped feeling as exciting. You know, it just wasn't fulfilling me on a on a deeper level. And I thought, how cool if I could start to control my own schedule and maybe create something that was helping people. I don't want this to sound negative, so I hope that it doesn't. But you know, every day we were doing a lot of celebrity gossip and I love celebrity gossip as much as the as much as all of us do. You know, I love reading and scrolling through TikTok and seeing stuff for five or 10 minutes. But to talk about it every day, I I don't care that much about it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so for me, it started to feel very unfulfilling in that way, just not as meaningful. And I was like, wait, I don't want to do this with my time every day. I'm writing. I went to school for journalism and I'm writing about like celebrity gossip. And I just didn't. That was a reason for me that I just didn't love it anymore. Because then you get to interview celebrities, but they if they know that you've been telling stories, you know, they don't like yeah. you, you know, or they don't want to come on the show. And so there was an element of that for me that became a little. Yeah, because, you know, you're not interviewing them about things that are deep and exciting mm -hmm. and meaningful. And so, yeah, so that I mean, there's probably a lot of factors in there. But, yeah, it was just more about taking control of my maybe my personal life and what I found interesting and trying to start a business, which I never thought that I would be capable of. And that's a whole nother thing. But you kind of accidentally started it, right? I did. I did. Yeah. I, again, just seeking more fulfillment, I decided I wanted a creative outlet uh, because I am creative at heart more than anything else. So I just thought I'm going to start something where I can be more creative and I thought for a long time, well, what is the idea here? You know, I work out, but not not obsessed with it. And Originally, my idea was like, I wonder, you know, going and working out in Texas, especially when women wear a lot of makeup sometimes to exercise. And I was like, why, why isn't there more stuff? Yeah, I don't either. I grew up playing soccer. I was like, yeah, I didn't grow up in a place where we were wearing makeup, but I understand it. I mean, I don't hate on it. I understand no, I'm it. I'm just lazy. Like, I just am not wanting to. Yeah, but get, give yourself you know? 10 years. <laughs> you start to yeah. get older and look tired now. And then I get it, though, because I'm single and I'm going and doing a workout class and you want to go for drinks after. Or there's yeah. a hot guy at the gym and you well, want to look. Well, I'm also referring to like when we're at Shine. Like, there's no way that no. that's what I'm talking about. That's our 100 degree like hot, hot Pilates place. That's what I'm talking about. We look rough. We look there's rough no coming way. out of you, there. Yeah. Even it's, yeah, it's, it's humbling. So, yeah, I just thought so, yeah, for me, it was just kind of an idea that was inspired by a lack of products that I saw at places where I was exercising. I go, I'm not showering. I'm trying to go live life and be on the go all the time. And I just felt that there was a lack of beauty products in the space for kind of the on the go person. So I thought there was really no expectation out of that. Right. I go, I'm going to do a nice kind of lifestyle branding of this with some merch and some products that selfishly fit my on-the-go needs and kind of see if people were interested in that sort of thing. And then that it just really spiraled from there more than I anticipated. But I always say it was taking the risk, right? Like, I think that's the lesson there, that no expectation, doing something that makes you happy, doing something that selfishly serves a purpose when it comes to a product for yourself, you know, something that you're interested in. Don't put a lot of pressure on it keep your other paying job for a while, you never know where you'll end up. And it may not be where you first started. And that was it. And then all of a sudden I go, oh, my God, this is the fulfillment that I've been looking for. Kind of this validation of starting something. And then it started going well. And I loved every second of it. You know, how you just dread sometimes. I don't know if you've ever had a job like that you've had to go to and you just dread it. And so like every morning my alarm would go off and I would dread it. But then I was so excited to be able to work on my own thing that, I mean, I'm doing this Friday nights at midnight and 
And, you know, you hear people say that sort of thing and you're like, yeah, that's bullshit. You never really buy into it until it kind of happens to you and you go, oh, my gosh, it doesn't feel as much like work. I mean, sure, sometimes it does. But but yeah, it was just an amazing feeling. And so, yeah, I just I just toggled the two jobs for as long as I could until I was, you know, in a spot that I felt I was ready to really leave and make the transition. It is hot, okay? I don't even care where you're at. I saw last week that we had the hottest day in the world ever. Like point blank period in history. You heard it here first, actually. You didn't hear it here first, but it is facts, okay? I saw it online. Therefore, it is true. Regardless, it is summer and it is hot and it's just, it's gross, okay? And that is why you guys need Lumi. I'm very passionate about Lumi especially for my fellow Texans, but I I do know that other places in the world exist and it's also hot there, okay? So unfortunately, like our underarms are not the only place that we have odor. That's why I'm excited to be talking about Lumi, whole body deodorant for pits, privates, and beyond. The best part, in my opinion, is it's created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So she developed Lumi, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. You can choose from a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. I personally like toasted coconut. I like the lotion, but I also like the stick that they have. It's just, oh my God, like seriously, it's, it is a must. So Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice. You can choose between like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, which are both so good. Honestly, I'm going to go with deodorant wipes on that one if you guys are doing this. And free shipping. So as a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code I love you at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi. It's L-U-M-E deodorant.com and use code I love you. It's really a must, guys. It's hot, okay? It is a must. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's not only common, it's very normal, unfortunately. (laughs) Doesn't that suck, guys, okay? But among women, it's really just not openly talked about and going through it can feel very lonely and frustrating. I personally feel like it's only even become a conversation like on social in the past like year or so. So join the thousands of women that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. So from postpartum to menopause and no matter what stage you're at in life, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women. Each is physician-formulated using drug-free, science-backed ingredients so you get the most reliable results. So go to Nutrafol.com to take their health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's hair growth supplement for six months. I have mine like out on my counter. So I see it whenever I'm cooking dinner. I take it with a meal. It's so easy. And my hair is getting thicker, guys. I'm telling you. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code I love you. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code I love you. That is Nutrafol.com, promo code I love you. So going off and starting something new on your own Mm -hmm. where it really is so much of it depends on you versus working for someone. Mm -hmm. What were like your main challenges and more so like emotionally? It's so hard because when you have a job, 
that you have to show up for in order to get paid. (laughs) You know, another reason why I think it's important for me to note, I started this business when I was like 33, 34 years old. So I had had plenty of years of like working for the man. And I think that's actually really critical because what I have found, especially having younger employees is that, you know, if you don't have that experience of doing a job that at some point you kind of hate or you just don't like anymore, you don't appreciate the schedule of entrepreneurship as much because you do have to work. You have to have that self-discipline, which of course is the founder of a business I'm going to have because it's my business and I'm motivated. But it's that that part's very difficult. It was very scary. I I did two. I, I said when I started my business that my goal was I was on a two year plan. I like two year plans because six months is like not enough time to do anything. You know, it's almost like if you're, you know, you want to lose weight or you have all these things. Like I like having short long-term goals because it gives you time to figure it out without the pressure of having to have it figured out in a few weeks or a few months. And so the joke was I'm on a two-year plan and one year in, I said I'm on a two-year plan, right? So <laughs> so it took, my two-year plan took me three years, but it was a really nice goal to have. And I, unfortunately, I wish I could say like, yes, I just knew 100% of my gut deep down. I mean, I think I did, but it's really hard to walk away from a salary. I mean, especially a job when I had this great platform and I'm on the radio, a job that people would kill to have probably. And it's hard to leave that and wonder and know that I probably couldn't go back and wonder if I was making a mistake or what happens if something happens with my business and everything falls apart. But I just had to go, this is part of being an entrepreneur, right? It's the it's the scariness of it. And I think that that's why a lot of people don't start businesses because I think a lot of us have great ideas and the money and the time. And, you know, we always have all these reasons, which are all very valid. But that's a reason a lot of people, I mean, and I know you started another business and I think it's a reason a lot of people don't start businesses. It's very, failure is very scary. You know, like starting a business, then no one wants to buy what you're selling. And all of that's very, very scary. So that's why I think I... I didn't just like spend my whole life savings and quit my job and start a business, right? Like I always say, it's okay to dip your toe in the water. We don't need to be living and dying by like an idea. Just like, let me quit everything I've worked, you know, and throw everything into this. You hear those success stories, right? But Mm -hmm. I just do not think that that's a safe way (laughs) to live. I think it's okay to feel trepidation and it's okay to be uncertain and just kind of dip your toe in. I always say, keep the job that's paying the bills until you feel comfortable that you like probably have at least six months of money saved up to pay your rent to kind of get by and feel like you have some stable foundation. So that would be that that is what I did. And so I knew I had enough money saved that that I could like at least bail myself out if I needed. Yeah. Survive. I like that. I advise better and all those ideas because I think especially in your 20s, there's so much pressure to like have everything figured out and to do it all and to, you know, I think there's a difference between like leaning into your career 100% and then abandoning the rest of your life for your career. Mm -hmm. But even like starting businesses and doing things like that, it's, there's so much pressure. I I actually think just in life in general for everything to happen immediately, Mm -mm. like immediate gratification, immediate success. Like if things are not flying off the walls, like immediately, like it's over in other people's eyes because that's just like, we see the success stories. So I like Which are 1%, by the way, you know, we talk about 1% and I was saying to my partner, Francisco, last night, actually, we were talking about kind of our baby and social media and college and like, is college with the way AI is now, is college even going to be a thing when my child who's a year and a half is 18? Probably not. So what's the solution? I think that's a whole nother conversation. But I think it's really fascinating because you live generationally in a different time. You know, all of you that are in your 20s, Yes, the pressure. You're seeing the 1% of these people that got overnight success, which is so unnatural and very unfair. And, you know, and that's great for them. But these creators and people like this are so few and far between that there's a lot of room in the middle. You know, I had a meeting with, I don't know if you're familiar with Mary Kay, like this big Mm -hmm. brand, right? That like, it was like women selling makeup, you know, to each other. Well, I had a meeting. I don't know if you know quite what a big brand that they still are, even though we over here, uh, younger people don't tend to buy as much of the Mary Kay makeup, but they are literally like one of the top three beauty brands in the world. And I got a meeting with the CEO when I was trying to start my, you know, skincare brand. And I go to the top floor of this and he's telling me, 
he goes, you know, like I'm like, I'm not Kylie Jenner. Like, I don't think I'm going to be Kylie Jenner, you know? And so I think it's hard because you're like, well, I'm never going to be, you know, I'm never going to have a Fenty, you know, I'm never going to have a rare beauty. Like I don't have that level of celebrity or platform. I mean, my products I think are great, but I'm never going to have that. And he said to me, he's like, I love your idea. He said, we, we didn't even do Kylie's production because we do so much volume that we didn't even do hers. And he goes, you don't have to be that, you know, to have success in this business. And I think it was so great because you don't have to be that one percent in order to thrive and do well in whatever area you want to be in. If you just carve out a small niche for yourself, whether it's a product with your business or whatever you're thinking about doing, you have a set of customers. And he goes, this business is a great space to be in, even if you just have a small percentage of the audience there. And I think that's why so many people you get so defeated because you look at these people that have overnight success or you look at these people. You're like, how can I start a business when I'm not that? Like, but no one else is that, you know, there's so few people that have that level of success that you can still have so much success for yourself with just a little bit, you know, of a market share of whatever you're interested in doing. So that gave me a lot of hope and promise to kind of start something. And it makes sense, you know, and I think a lot of people don't want to start a business in an area that seems crowded, but that's actually a good place to go for a business because that means there's people that are interested. You know what I'm saying? customers. Yeah, you have a customer base. Guys, the first day of school is around the corner. Growing up, this was my favorite time of year next to Christmas, okay? I loved back-to-school shopping. Like, that was my favorite favorite thing to do from planning out the outfits and getting the clothes and the school supplies and all the things like it was like new year new me you know what I mean I remember my last year of college like going to the stores and getting stuff and being like wow I'm actually really sad that this is coming to an end because I just I love it so much okay and Macy's has the outfits from the favorite brands like Levi's free people and more to make picture day iconic And of course, no first day at school. It's complete without a backpack and new shoes. They have Kipling and they even have Nikes. Are the kids heading to college? Get dorm essentials like bedding, beauty blenders for the makeup savvy, and Fitbits to make good use of the campus gem. It's amazing because you can get literally everything at one place. Like you can get it all out of the way. And if you're shopping online, I just, I love it when I have everything together. But even just going in person, Macy's has it all. They have stuff for the dorm room. They have your shoes. They have your clothes. They have your workout stuff. They have like kitchen stuff. They have quite literally everything. So head on over to macy's.com slash back to school. That is macy's.com slash back to school. I'm reading this book called The Gap and the Gain, and it is actually changing my life. Really? Backstory on me. I am like Enneagram 3. I am ENFJ. I am (laughs) Leo. Like in every single personality quiz I could ever possibly take, it's that I like am loud and like am an overachiever of some sense. Like my biggest fear is failure. Like all I want to like workaholic, like big idea, visionary, all of that. Right. So that specifically is hard for me because I will find myself, I'm just really hard on myself naturally. Yeah. So I will just like, you'll compare. And it's not even that I'm like comparing to like my peers or a friend. It's like I'm comparing myself to where I think I should be, which is not, which is almost more detrimental because that doesn't even exist. Like it's not even like a real thing out there, but they teach this idea and it is, it seems so obvious. Okay. But it's basically he has this chart and it's like start arrow achieve arrow ideal and then the gain is between like starting and achieving and then the gap is between like achieving and the ideal so the ideal would be you in as a perfect person as a perfect partner as the perfect founder or like you know fortune 500 company like fill in the blanks in any category of your life it's like perfection in that Achieving is obviously like what you've done and starting is starting, right? So the idea is that if you are measuring from starting to achieving where you've come, like where you've grown, you'll have a way better perspective. And then it shows all these like scientific ways why it's healthier for you Mm -hmm. and how they go in. They're like business coaches and how it's made all these other companies so successful. But you'll never be happy and you'll never be fulfilled by constantly going from achieve 
too ideal, which is so obvious because I feel like we talk about that all the time. It is. And I think I have two things to say about that. First of all, you know, compare, they say comparisons, the thief of all joy. And it really is. And I think that is something that helps with age is you kind of stop comparing and gosh, you know, you, you hear people when I was your age and they were older than me say certain things to you and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like beat it. (laughs) Get out of here. I don't want to listen to you, you know? And then of course you get to be now where I'm 39 and I'm like feeling this way, trying to, you know, give out nice wisdom without evangelize being the, to the youth i am but i don't ever want to be that you <laughs> no, just in a good wait. you know like people do when you have a baby they're like you just wait and because that's so irritating but i want to say that i think motherhood has taught me something that i wish it had been imparted on me when i was younger and i know it's easier said than done but along the lines of what you're saying this life is just so many different experiences pieced together. And I never really had that perspective before, because I think when you are this type of person you're describing that you are, can see like you are always like kind of looking for the next thing. Like you have a certain measure of success, not to say that you don't enjoy moments of your life, but it's always like, I want to be perfect or it's not enough, or I want to do this. And I was exactly that way. And I think that it can paralyze you in a lot of ways, or it makes you unhappy even when, you know, success moments of success. Let's talk about that. You know, like you get some thing. I remember I got into Forbes and I always thought before I started a business, when I was reading, I was reading a story about the girls that started away luggage in a Forbes magazine. And I remember being like, that's it for me. That's it. If I start a business and I ever get in Forbes, like I've reached it. Do you know how short lived that moment is, by the way? Like what's next? You know, like that happens. And I'm like, it's so fleeting that when you achieve something that if I had looked back 10 years ago and thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have some article in this magazine, I would have been like, that's it. I could die happy. No, it's not true. So I've just really turned into it's they say it's like mastering the middle. I listened to someone say this the other day and I go, this is it. This is what the middle is so dang hard. The middle of anything, right? Just the middle. Like, so what is the middle? The middle is all the days that aren't the highs and the lows. The middle is just the the day to day when you're working towards a goal, you're working on your business, you're working on yourself, well, you know, whatever it may be. Mastering the middle is such a grind. But I have found that since becoming a mother, man, I just enjoy the middle and I enjoy the day-to-day so much more. I don't get as caught up in like the highs and the lows of business or personal or life or mainly because it has given me this different perspective of like, every day is an experience. Like I don't want to live in this place where I'm like, I'm not going to be happy till I reach that ideal. I'm not going to be happy until, you know, because you're certainly not going to be happy then. If that makes sense, if you're not happy kind of in the in the middle in the day to day. I don't know if this will make you feel better. And it's just my perspective. But I think that I was under the impression that fulfillment was like a destination, that happiness was a full destination that you just get to at some point and you're like, I'm here. (laughs) No, I think it's it's just a constant travel, right? Like it's a you have to constantly work on it and you don't feel fulfilled every day. And it's just like your relationship, like you meet a good partner, it's a lot of work, actually, you know, so it's not just a destination of like, I'm here. And I think that was it's a real misconception, isn't it? Because you always think, wow, if I could just I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, oh, you know, if you're stuck in a job you don't like and you're like, oh, if I could just get this job, everything would be better. And it's like, yeah, but it's still like a journey. You know, it's still a constant kind of working at it because then you're going to be like, okay, what's next? Or, you know, I want to raise and then you get the raise. And then at a certain period of time, you are like, I want another one, you know, and so it's this constant. I think we're all that way. I think it's just the human nature of us. But I will say, I think it's, I found myself celebrating things, even when I feel silly, like I don't want to celebrate. And my partner has been really good with that with me. He's like, you need to, when we first started dating and something good would happen with the business, like we would have a good day of sales. Like, what is that to celebrate? You know, he's like, I think we should go talk about it and celebrate it, you know? And I'm just so glad because I have so many good memories of those experiences of marking those little moments that were little wins for me, that if I had not taken the time to sit in it, I would have been like, okay, what's next? And you forget about it, you know? No, I definitely need to be better about that. And again, in the Gap in the Gain book, they always talk about <laughs> how you need to measure everything backwards. Is this part, this isn't part of your book club. No, it's not. It's not. You book do mostly is currently fiction. On hiatus. Yes. It is? No, well, because we meet in person. So yeah, it's on hiatus. It's 100 degrees outside. 
Yeah, it's I I used to only read nonfiction, but that's part of the hustle issue. So now I read fiction again. Anyways, I read nonfiction <laughs> in the mornings if I have time. Oh or my like god, my morning routine. <laughs> and they talk about how you need to measure things backward. I'm literally going to do an entire solo episode on this book because it is changing my life. I'm so but glad I'm going to check it out. It's so good. But they have you. They have. There's so many different exercises in it. One that I was reading about this morning is like journaling your gains, and they have them in different like. Spe- it's not that generic of like journaling your achievements it's more specific than that but it's just and they're like it's also good because you're always looking back so then when you think you haven't done anything you're able to look back but if I'm my family is really good about that because I got my like work bug I think from my dad but I'm definitely the most extreme out of anyone there's no one else in my family who's like this like my mom just like doesn't under like she's just like chill Mm -hmm. so my family's really good at being like why is that not and not like just pointing out what what do you think's missing? I don't really think things are missing as much now. I feel like it's gotten better over time. But I think what was missing literally is from this book. I'm not kidding. It was that I was living in like the gap of it mm-hmm. and so focused on like the ideal that I couldn't just be happy where I was. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily like want the I don't know. I don't want to say that because I don't really jinx myself. But like I don't really want the like I don't want like a Kylie cosmetics necessarily. Like I want something that allows for the life that I have. They also have this part in the book that you define success on your own. Mm -hmm. And then you, he had written out 10 questions. So if you get a new opportunity, it has to like match up to these 10 questions and they all pertain to like what success means to you. And a lot of what success means to me, I haven't even gone through the exercise, but I love that I have the freedom to show up for the people that I want to show up for. Like I can always, for the most part, unless it's like, a branded trip or something like I can for the most part be at birthdays I can do certain things I'm very involved in my niece's life I like being able to control my day like there's just like certain things that are just different I'm realizing like even like maybe what I thought I wanted isn't obviously I mean I've had this realization 15 times already but like isn't actually what I want Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I'm just getting closer and closer but I'm now just like building a life around the things that I love so it's or a career around the things that I love so it's working out well But I think what was missing was that I was so focused on the gap and not the gain. And I'm not kidding this week. I have just felt so much better all week. And I swear it's this book. That's so great. I gave a talk at SMU University recently and I was like, what am I going to impart on college kids considering I didn't even really love my college experience. Like I wouldn't say I was this traditional, like great in school kind of person, but I thought I've always been very transparent. Like that was just, for me, I always thought, you know, especially I kind of grew up with the social media time where everything was perfection. And of course now the trends become about, and the reason you probably have a lot of success with what you do on YouTube is you've always been more relatable and honest about things that normally wouldn't be shared. And I think that that's great that that's been happening. And that's kind of who I was on the radio. But so when I go to talk to these college kids, I'm saying, you know, it's totally okay to not have it figured out. And I think, you know, what you were just saying about, you know, kind of your narrowing down, right? Like it's all about kind of carving out different pieces of your life to figure out, you know, the direction that you want to be. And I think it's so important that people understand that because for me, something I said to them was like, I didn't know like I could have never in a million years have known that I'd be here. But I'll tell you, the only reason I'm here is by opening doors and opening windows and trying a whole lot of things that I hated. And I think a lot of times we get kind of paralyzed by fear or just like, I don't want to try that. I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to take that job or I don't want to move to that city because change is very scary and change is very challenging. But I was always really good at kind of taking on the scary thing. You know, I'm the only one that moved out of my, like all my high school friends still live in the same place. And there's nothing wrong if you're happy there. But if you're feeling unfulfilled, if that's the thing, it's like you can always move home. I always say that, like you can always move home. Just start figuring out all the things you don't want to do. But the only way you're going to figure out what you want to do is by doing a million things that you don't want to do. Try yoga. I hate it. OK, yeah. I really hate it. I know it's good for me, but I really hate it. Sam, I like, know, can think and- too much. I mean, there are just so many things like that, by the way, that I, you're always doing stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're so good about, you know, getting out. And but I only do the things that and, I like to do. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of people are like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd like that. But it's like, just try it, yeah. you know, apply for that job. Try something new. Even if you hate it, it's fine. You can quit. You can go do something else, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all about kind of figuring out. So now by the time you get to be you know, my age, you really start to figure out who you are and, you know, and like, well, yeah, this is who I am and you own it and you're fine with it. And so you're just much happier with the calmness on a day to day, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm constantly searching for peace. One thing about me, I feel like it's obvious depending on who you are in my life, but like 
maybe not online, but my day to day is actually, I just, I need calm. I, it does seem like I'm like always doing things, but like I'm always doing things in the morning because I like to go work out. I just have figured out like the daily routine. Mm -hmm. I think that works, but I am someone who is always down to try pretty much anything. And then I can just figure out if I like it or if I don't like it. There's this term identity capital from the defining decade. And the idea was that identity, I feel like people make it this really, really big concept that is really overwhelming and scary. And because of that, you never really figure out your identity and you're kind of moving backwards and it's just paralyzing. But with identity capital, it's like each little thing that you like makes up your identity and through that you find it. So it's not even that you're finding your identity necessarily like in other things. It's that that is just kind of what makes up a person. It's like the things that you like, what fulfills you. So it's like even like hobbies. So it's like I got really into cooking because I really like cooking as a hobby. I've always loved reading. Like there's certain things like that that actually really helped me figure it out when I was going through like a way worse crisis which wouldn't have ever been the route that I would have taken because I would have been like, it doesn't make any sense. You find identity in yourself, but you do find it in yourself through those things because mm-hmm. it brings you like closer to yourself. I did, you're right. Identity is a weird thing. And then becoming a mother really throws your identity because I, I always just assumed after a period of time, I would go back to feeling like myself. And I don't feel like the person that I've known my whole life because it's a different person now. You know, now I'm a mom and it's so strange. Even sometimes I sit here and I'm like, I'm a mom. <laughs> I have a child. Like it takes me to say, like, how do I have a child? You know, like it's just all of a sudden, you know, it's just part of your life and it's thrown my own sense of identity through. But you're, you're really right what you say about that. And I started, which I know this is kind of off topic, but since we kind of talk about figuring out and navigating kind of the era that you're in of your 20s, you know, for me, when it came to like personal relationships and dating, gosh, like that's what was so tiring for me. And I think when I think back about my 20s, that was something that really defined me in a negative way was I was an only child. And so I put a lot of effort into like female friendships and obviously other romantic relationships, even though, you know, gosh, for me, like the 20s was terrible with dating. But I'm not saying they don't exist. It was just I put a lot of pressure on it, you know, because you wanted things to work. You wanted to have like all these best girlfriends and all of these things. And man, I was just so like, consistently disappointed to the point that I went to therapy and I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, well, first of all, you know, everyone imagine like if everyone kind of feels a mess and everyone kind of feels lost, it can be very hard to find a partner, even if it's just a good girlfriend, you know, and I think you go from this period of time where you're expected to have like 20 and 30 girlfriends, right? Like you have built in female friends from college and then as you get older you know you start to see people change and you lose touch and sometimes it's nothing negative but for me I was like how am I ever I mean I'm 35 and single by then and I'm like how am I ever gonna find someone to date you know you start to go through those I don't know if you go through this but I'm like and so a therapist is like, you just need to be more selfish. Like you need to just do the things that make you happy on a day to day. And it was just so eye opening for me because I'm like, it sounds so simple. But I think when you're always kind of doing what everyone else is doing because you want to have a lot of friends and you want to be around. And so I started just like, you know, doing what I wanted to do, you know, going to the grocery store at the time I wanted to go and just being more selfish with my weird schedule. And I was like, I'm going to go out you know, at what did I start doing? I said, I'm going to, I'm such a homebody. I haven't even really said that. I'm such a homebody. I'm super, I'm an outgoing introvert. Yeah. Which is shocking. I am such a homebody. I love it, but you're, I'm not going to meet anyone on a dating app from my couch. It sounds like a great, it sounds like an ideal scenario, but yeah, that's what I started doing for myself. Cause once I made a decision that I had kind of gotten my own life together, I was like, if I really want to meet someone and I'm in my mid thirties, I have to start at least putting myself in different situations and not, Maybe it's not even about going, you know, all the places all my other friends are going. So I started just going any business meeting I have, I'm going to make meetings, but I'm going to make them at places where I feel like I might meet some like minded people. Okay, last thing I want to talk about is dating. Okay. In your 20s. I would say my yeah. 20s so far in dating have also been a shit show. I wouldn't say there's a single situation. Are you single right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also like not even dating. I've actually are you on never, the apps? I'm on them, but I don't get on. I yeah. think I open the app like once every two months. Mm. And... I'm also not around a bunch of people who are dating. So I think that that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But just the idea, I I just have created this amazing life where I go to bed with peace on my pillow. I love my routine. I love my day to day. And like I was in a like 
I was always dating. Like I was always, I always had a boyfriend. There was always someone around. And then finally I was like, I think it would be good to just like be on my own for a little bit. And now it's been like two years because it's like too good to be on my own. Good for you. Which I think is great. I'm like fine with it. I don't care at all. But at some point I am going to start dating again. So like what are like mistakes that you've made that maybe I don't have to make? Okay. It's a good question. Mistakes that I've made a lot. I, okay. I, again, I don't want to come across as well, I'm older and wiser, but there's just so many things that I wish, but it's really hard when you, when you're stuck in your ways, because, you know, no matter how much someone tells you to not do something, you're just going to have to learn the hard way sometimes. But I just would not pay attention to red flags enough. And I know that that expression gets thrown around a lot, but I think we are so women in general, y'all, we are so smart and intuitive and it, it shouldn't be that hard. You know, I had on off like seven year relationship. It was such a waste of time. And I, and it's okay because gosh, at least that that's not how things ended for me, you know, but like, you know, you just go through heartbreak or, I mean, gosh, I was on some app. I like flew out of town to go on a date and I got stood up. Like what is happening here? You know, I mean, guys, these days, it's just too easy to, to ghost and to be terrible. Right. And so, but I would say my biggest mistake was definitely just giving too many chances, being too forgiving and just not paying attention to red flags. And I just think that you could save yourself a lot of time. And I know it's easier said than done, but if those red flags start showing, you gotta be done if you can handle it. You know, it's not your soulmate. It's not, he is not meant to be. And I'm not saying that it may not work out. It may work out down the road. It may not, but like, you gotta be done with it you know, at least for a period of time, because I just gave so many people, different people in my life, too many chances. And look now, none of them worked out. And when I finally met someone, he was so chivalrous. It actually freaked me out. I thought it was weird. Like he came to pick me up for a date. He like backed into my driveway, like brought my dog a gift. It was so strange. And (laughs) I called my girlfriend. I was like, he's like, at my front door and he backed up into the driveway and she's like, and, and I'm like, I think he brought a gift for my dog. And she's like, and she's married, right? She yeah. was married at the time. She's like, and, and I was like, isn't that weird? And she's like, Jenna, you have been treated like shit for so long by so many guys that you're freaking out that this guy's called you every day. And he's actually making an effort because we have been trained that the guys these days, just like they text and they don't text. And mm-hmm. it's just such a shame. And so, yeah, he was finally treating me right. And then on top of that, it was easy. Like it was easy. Like we just like wanted, he wanted to call me every day and I was not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my God, it was love at first sight, you know? And that's great for some people when it is, but anything like that for me, like never was good. You know, it was more just like an infatuation and it burns out really quickly and you convince yourself that it's right. And so I would just say, gosh, pay attention to those red flags because there was just so many moments like that for me that in hindsight, when I look back and, and, and again, you get better at that as you get older, I think, cause then you start realizing I'm 35 years old or something. Right. And you're like, why am I, I would not waste time. So if a guy showed me a red flag, like on date one, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't tolerate it anymore. Like I did when I was in my twenties. But again, those are sometimes just lessons you have to learn the hard way, but yeah, red flags, man. I just, you know, or just being too available, you know, and I I never wanted to be a game player though, you know, because I'm like, that's not emotionally mature to play a game and to like overthink the text and not text back for hours, you know, and, and do this whole thing. And I just kind of realized like it it should be easy. I never realized how easy, and I'm not saying relationships don't take work because of course not with a baby it does, but that dating phase should be easy. And if it's not, you need to cut it. Yeah, I think too, like with you saying like, oh, it should be easy in a relationship. I don't think that that means that there, it doesn't come across the way of like, oh, there's not going to be problems. It's like, oh, it just like almost makes sense. We we can talk sure. about anything. We're I'm comfortable. sorry. No, like that's that, what I mean. You can do both. I don't mean now. No, my relationship's not easy now with a baby. I mean, we've been fighting lately, like with mm-hmm. chores around the house and parenting and that. Yes. No, relationships in general are not easy. I just mean that, you know, that stage of like planning to hang out and going on vacation and wanting to spend time together, especially in the beginning when you don't have any other distractions like a kid and a home that you own together and all those other things. Right. But there's no noise in the beginning and it should just be more nice and easy and romantic. And yes, that is what I mean, that it is just like y'all want to spend time together, that you're not like, oh man, we're only like hanging out once every two weeks. You know, no, it should not be like that. No, it should not be like that. So what is there better? What's the craziest red flag you've experienced on a date? 
Okay. So I, I was just like, I have stories. No, I went on, I'm a big fan. I don't know if this makes me sound terrible. I'm a big fan of traveling early on, like second date, like kind of stuff. Right. Cause I'm like, let's get into it. Like you're going to learn y'all can judge away, but I'm like, you can learn a lot about a guy, you know, by sharing a room, a hotel room pretty early on in the dating. Right. Like, are we going to vibe or not? And how do we travel together? And how is he? So I went on a date. I went on a date here locally first. It was so great. We decided to go somewhere really far across the world. And it wasn't as much like I paid my own way. You know, it wasn't going to be, which was probably a mistake on my part. I don't know how I yeah. feel about that. I'm too much of an independent bitch that I probably, uh, that, that by the way, that's also come to bite me in the ass because then it's like an ego thing. But anyway, we go out of town on a date and the first couple of days were fine. I mean, it wasn't super romantic. I wasn't really getting that vibe. But then again, we didn't know each other very well. So we hadn't even kissed or anything like that. And I wanted to pay my own way. So there wasn't some sort of like expectation set up, right? Because of course there is kind of that when someone's like taking you on some romantic vacation. So anyway, so we're out of town and everything's going fine. But y'all, it turned so quickly into like, oh my God, this is why this person is like 40 something, has never been married, has never been engaged. That's another thing I would say is a red flag because I always thought, and I think that the, when you're younger, you think, wow, this guy doesn't have any baggage. I think it's actually the opposite. And I'm not saying, I hate making mass general statements, but like, as you know, I always dated older when I was younger. And then when I started to get in my thirties, I wanted someone a little more age appropriate that I could maybe start a family with. And so never been married, never been engaged, never had kids, anything. And I'm like, perfect. Like, well, how is he still, he would have fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not a diamond in the rough. Yeah. yeah. He was like a fake stone. I don't yeah. know what was going on with him, but randomly. There's a reason. There's a reason he hasn't been any of those things. A hundred percent. So one night into the trip, we were in the middle of nowhere. I just like, oh my gosh. And he was, I gave him some advice. He wanted me to help him caption a photo on social media. He was like editing all the wrinkles out of his hands, like for days, y'all. Like he had been editing a photo for days, which I find so weird with a guy. Like, why are you editing your hands? Done, done. He looked fine. Why are you editing your hands? I didn't even say anything about it. I mean, of course, inside I'm like, I'm done. I'm dead. I'm dead inside. (laughs) But to him, I was like, I mean, it was still a nice trip, you know, with someone that I thought was safe. So, but he was like, can you help me caption this? And so I just said to him, I was like, well, you're like doing a lot of hashtags. Like, it's not really my vibe. I don't know. Like, are you doing, you know, and I wasn't being critical. He lost his mind. He stands up. Mind you, it's like midnight and I'm like in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. He stands up, like puts a canvas tote over his shoulder. He has no shirt on. We were sleeping in separate beds. He's like red in the face. And he was just like, just because I'm not some sort of wannabe social media. Da, da, da. I don't know, y'all. Like, I don't even know, like, because I had posted on social when I was there. Like, I'm you just have to take my word for it. I wasn't that into my phone. I'm pretty yeah, good at yeah. connecting in the moment. I mean, he just lost his shit on me, screaming at me. Y'all, I swear it was a level of anger, you know, that just keep in mind, like this would have been and like, you, let's say you had been dating the guy for 10 years and he found out you slept with his best friend. It was that level of anger, right? It was so unwarranted and so bizarre. And I went, I'm sorry, what is happening right now? And I was kind of laughing. And he was just like, he was just like, no wonder your last boyfriend broke up with you. Like he started being real mean, like kind of like verbally abusive. So I like bend over and put my vans on. And I'm like, he's like, are you going to leave the room so you can cry? And I was like, no, I'm leaving the room because this is how an episode of Dateline starts. Actually, So I like go call my friend who's like eight hours behind. And I was like, so this is what's going on. And I'm going to try and get out of here. But like, I'm in a country, like I have no idea where I am. Yeah. And it ended up being okay. I mean, I just like, you know, obviously like went my separate ways the next day and like, you know, got myself again, this is why being independent and being able to take care of yourself is important. I like got myself my room and like ended up flying home the next day or the day after. And it was all fine. But it was that moment of like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like this makes sense. It was so great. Like that the mm-hmm. first date was he was so cool and so great. And we have so much in common, but it makes sense now. Like if a guy has never had a serious relationship, it's actually a huge red flag. Yeah. And you always think, oh great, no baggage. No. no. Something <laughs> is wrong with him. And it's actually such a shame. So yeah, I was really freaked out by that. I'm like, wow, what a psycho. My best friend would used to always say that about a couple of guys that we knew that were older, but they were like so hot and cool and everyone's obsessed with them and every girl wanted to be with them. And she was like, I promise you, they are fucking crazy. Like I, they have to be. There's no way. And I was like, no, like you're being so like judgmental. Like everyone has their own past. Everyone has their own thing, which is true that this is different. Sure enough, they're crazy. And I'm like, this makes sense. Why 
you are in this position. And I don't know about you, but for me, I gave guys too much of a pass. Not yes. in that scenario. That was psycho. But like in general, you know, there was another guy I'd met on an app and and man, I just was like, this might be the one like he's great. And we got along so well, just kind of the back and forth. But it's like we went on one date and then he was like never available again. We lived in different cities and he would like make a plan, but then not. And it was like, I just, and it only, this only went on for a few months, but that was a few months too long because you deserve more than that. And again, that's what I mean about it should be easy. Like if they want to see you, they will make the time for you. Guys are just so indecisive or, and come to find out he had a girlfriend. And I was like, this nerd is playing me. Yeah. You know, I just got so mad. I'm like, I'm done, you know? And of course, by the time I finally say I'm done, I'm, you know, I am just like, I'm done with this, you know? And, and then, you know, I wasn't even looking for it and it kind of fell into my lap. But again, I was putting myself in good spots and good situations, not sitting on the couch, swiping around because like that just, that wasn't those apps for me just like did not work. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I'm definitely like an in-person kind of person. No? I think I'm better in person too. Yeah, like I, you've, it's like you got to catch a vibe. Like I know? have good riz on the te on the yeah. like messaging sometimes. I don't even but have that. Then, but yeah, beyond that, no, you're right. You like, got to see I the work vibe in person. Like I got to, I got to do that in person. <laughs> I, there's no like the apps really just they're not working for me. Man. I say that and I put in no effort, but still they're not. I, they're so tempting me. though because you can sit on the couch with yeah, your friends and swipe around. And you're that's like, actually why I think it's bad for me. Yeah, because then it makes me lazier. Mm hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You'll have to come back. I have so many other topics I want to cover with you. Okay. Be like being too independent. That, that could be our next one. How that could be <laughs> yeah. unhealthy, the unhealthy sides of it. You know what I yeah. mean? A couple others. So anyways. Thanks for having me. Of course. Where can they find you? Well, I'm Jenna Page is my my Instagram. My business is Fittish. And oh, I made a code. Am I allowed to do that? Oh, yeah. Am I yes, allowed to please. do that? And get the toned out spray. And what's the new thing you gave me that I already love? Oh, the pre-workout, the hyaluronic yeah, roller. So, so yeah, we do like anti-inflammatory athletic beauty products. So that's the gist of that. But I made you a code. I-L-Y-S-M is the code for 15% off if anyone wants to get anything, if that's cool. But yeah, Fittish is the brand and Jenna Page. Yeah, Fittish is the podcast too. I do a podcast with my significant other. So we talk a lot about relationships and we put all of our issues kind of full full front on the table and mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of our kind of like parenting stuff right now and some business stuff but it's mostly relationship based and it's finish the podcast yeah yay thank you thanks for having me all right guys thanks so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed leave a nice rating and review um and i will talk to you guys next week bye Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.